48K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, the MTR says trains are running at intervals of up to 12 minutes on the East Rail Line one day after the derailment near Hongham Station. As theories continue to swirl over what caused the accident near Hongham Station. The Travel Industry Council says the downturn in Hong Kong tourism is comparable to SARS in 2003 and doesn't expect it to improve anytime soon. And the Liberal Party accuses the US Congress of only being interested in hearing from pro-democracy activists. The Vice Chairman of the Institution of Railway Signal Engineers in Hong Kong says he believes the cracks found on the railway track where a train derailed yesterday could be the result of the accident and not the cause. Henry Cheung also says it's unlikely that a foreign object caused the derailment near Hongham Station. He says that if a foreign object had been on the track at the time, it would have derailed the first train carriage. But Mr Cheung stressed that the public should wait for the outcome of an investigation. Mr Cheung's comment comes after the MTR confirmed that it had found a fourth crack at the scene of the accident. There are two pieces of rail at that position. One is the, the normal uh, rail, which is of a thicker width. And there is a, uh, we call the tongue, which is the movable part of the point. And that is a thinner piece of uh, rail. And uh, I saw the broken part is the thinner one. So the, uh, the train, after it derailed, may have hit the, uh, the track itself, causing the breakage of the thinner one. The MTR's Chief of Operations Engineering, Tony Lee, also commented on the cracks. He also said it's more likely that they were formed after the incident, but wouldn't rule anything out. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Teen says he believes yesterday's train derailment may have been caused by a lock system that prevents tracks from switching directions. Eight people were injured when three carriages in the middle of the train veered off the tracks at a diversion point. Mr Teen, the former chairman of the Kowloon Canton Railway Corporation, which used to operate the line, says he still has confidence in the MTR Corporation. One platform at Hongham Station is back in service for the East Rail Line today. The MTR says trains between Hongham Station and Lo Wu are running at seven-minute intervals and at three-and-a-half-minute intervals between Mongkok East Station and Lo Wu. They're operating at 12-minute intervals between Taipo Market and Lokma Chow Stations. This passenger waiting at Hongham Station to go to school said it's inconvenient only having one platform in use. Usually there'd be... The, the train here is quite frequently, you know, coming and going. But right now, as you can see, um, right now I have to wait for some time and I don't know how long. So it's quite inconvenient. Does it say how long you have to wait? Uh, no, it doesn't. So, yeah, I might be, so I don't know if I'll be late or not. And I'm hoping that it'll come soon. But another passenger said she'd planned her journey before leaving home. It's not really affect uh, my journey because uh, I can see the update in the uh, MTR mobile app uh, so that I can plan my journey uh, beforehand. 
To other news, the chairman of the Travel Industry Council says the current slump in the sector is comparable to the impact of SARS in 2003. Jason Wong was commenting one week after the government announced that visitor arrivals in August plunged 40% year on year. Mr Wong says he also expects a similar drop in travellers coming to Hong Kong during the Golden Week holiday. I think the situation is as bad as SARS or even uh, even worse. And uh, we believe the problem is we don't see the end of the tunnel. <laughs> and uh, we hope that the situations could get back to normal. But uh, the problem is we can't see the, the solution yet. Well, a uh, golden week, we expect uh, not much tourists from group, uh, even though we have lots of jobs uh, from groups as well. But uh, individual travelers may also be uh, facing a, a great job since uh, August. So I, we believe the golden week, the job might continue. Months of protest have also caused a substantial drop in retail sales and hotel occupancy rates have reportedly fallen by about half. Last month, organisers also postponed next month's WTA Women's Hong Kong Open, citing the protests. The League of Social Democrats have protested outside the offices of the Independent Police Complaints Council, calling it a toothless tiger and saying that only an independent commission of inquiry can properly investigate cases of alleged abuses by police over recent months. Anti-extradition protesters have called for an independent inquiry, but the chief executive, Carrie Lam, says an IPCC investigation is sufficient. The LSD's Avery Ng disagrees. IPCC does not have the right to summon witness from the police, or even if the police witness lie, they couldn't do anything. So basically, the IPCC does not have the actual power to investigate any police abuse. And it is only through an independent commission of inquiry that we can really understand the truth behind all the abusive behaviour of the government and the police force over the past few months. Liberal Party leader Felix Chung says it's unfair that the US Congress is only listening to one side of the argument over whether to approve legislation on Hong Kong's autonomy. He was commenting after a group of political activists, including Demosisto's Joshua Wong, testified at a congressional hearing overnight to pass the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act. Mr Chung says he won't be surprised if the act is approved. Well, I'm not surprised with that decision. But when I had the meeting with the congressman when I was in Montana, the situation they assessed was they said they don't want to interference Hong Kong. They think the interference will make even uh, the situation getting worse and don't make a mess for that. But they request us to settle everything by ourselves. A teenager has been remanded in custody until Friday after he was absent from an appearance in Shouting Court after being charged with criminally damaging the office of pro-Beijing lawmaker Junius Ho. The glass walls of Mr Ho's Chunwan office were broken a day after he was filmed shaking hands with suspected gang members who attacked people in Yunlong. The 18-year-old defendant said he's unwell after being arrested on Monday and is now in hospital. The case has been adjourned until Friday. There's been scepticism at an announcement by Facebook that it will appoint an oversight panel to make decisions about what can and can't be allowed on the social media network. The BBC's Dave Lee is in San Francisco. 
Facebook is desperate to pass on the burden of controlling its more than two billion users, power which brings it fierce criticism from those who say the firm has an anti-conservative bias or others who think Facebook does too little to block issues like hate speech and abuse. The panel, which has been dubbed the Supreme Court of Facebook, will have no fewer than 11 part-time members, but no more than 40. They will hear dozens of cases a year issues that have been escalated above Facebook's own moderating team. Critics question the board's independence, as it is being funded entirely by Facebook. The main rival of the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has said he would work towards a government of national unity after Tuesday's general election. Exit polls suggest Benny Gantz's centrist alliance is slightly ahead of Mr Netanyahu's Likud party, with neither winning enough seats to form a government. Mr Netanyahu said talks to form a government would begin in the next few days. We will enter negotiations in order to build a strong Zionist government and to prevent an anti-Zionist dangerous government. This is what we need to do now. A government that unites many in the, in the country and do not discriminate anybody who believes in Israel as the national state of the Jewish people. The World Health Organization will today launch a report warning that governments around the globe are unprepared for a disease pandemic. The study suggests an influenza pandemic like the one after the First World War could today spread very quickly and kill millions of people. Here's the BBC's Imogen Folks. Influenza pandemics are thought to be cyclical, and for years health experts have warned the world is due another one. Were such an outbreak to occur today, this new report suggests it could spread around the world in just 36 hours, claiming 50 to 80 million lives. The report offers urgent advice to governments. They should appoint national coordinators for pandemic preparedness, scale up vaccine and treatment development, conduct regular pandemic simulation exercises and set up a financial support plan for the most vulnerable countries. The chief negotiator for the Afghan Taliban has called on the United States to return to the negotiating table, saying ending the war in Afghanistan is in the interest of both the US and the Taliban. Mohammad Abbas Stanikzai told the BBC a deal had already been agreed. From Kabul, the BBC's Lee's Doucette reports. The Taliban were clearly surprised by President Trump's abrupt decision to cancel talks earlier this month. Their chief negotiator, Mohammed Abbas Tanakhsai, told me the two sides had reached a deal. All that remained were the signatures. In a rare interview, he called on President Trump to send his team back to the negotiating table. The U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, has issued a statement saying the Taliban had to demonstrate a genuine commitment to peace. In our interview, Mr. Stanikzai repeatedly denied that the Taliban targeted civilians and blamed the growing number of casualties on pro-government forces. Meanwhile, Taliban suicide bombers have killed at least 48 people and wounded dozens more in two blasts, one at a campaign rally for the president and the other in Kabul. In the first attack, a motorcyclist detonated a suicide bomb at a checkpoint leading to a rally where President Ashraf Ghani was addressing supporters just north of the capital, killing 26 and wounding 42. Just over an hour later, another blast, also claimed by the Taliban, rocked central Kabul near the US embassy. Authorities later said 22 people have been killed and a further 38 wounded. 
To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,797. That's seven points up on the previous close. Turnover stood at $32.7 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.19 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 77 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. We start with the European Champions League, where Liverpool have been beaten 2-0 by Napoli in the first match of their title defence. Dries Mertens' penalty eight minutes from time was the turning point. Jose Callion won the spot kick but appeared to have thrown himself over Andy Robertson's outstretched leg. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp says it proves that even bringing in technology doesn't make the system perfect. It's a decision made by human beings. So... I think when you see the pictures and it's clear, but the rule is like the clear mistake and now still human beings decide what is a clear mistake. <laughs> I think it will help in the long term, but as long as human beings make the decision, there will be still, uh, still potential for failure. That's how it is. We are all like this. Teenage striker Erling Braut Haaland scored a hat-trick in RB Salzburg's 6-2 thrashing of Genk. Salzburg will visit Liverpool in the second round of fixtures in two weeks' time. Chelsea's Frank Lampard is still waiting for his first win as a manager at Stamford Bridge. His side were beaten by Valencia after Rodrigo scored the only goal of the game. It should have been one all when Ross Barkley missed a late penalty and there was a bit of disagreement as to who should take it. Lampard gave his thoughts on a disappointing night for his team. We should have got more tonight. Ross is, Ross is the penalty taker. Um, was pre-season, scored a couple, has been when he started and was today when he came on and he missed it. So, um, clear story. Yeah, I, I don't know what the conversation was, but Georgino and William were penalty takers on pitch. When Ross comes on, he becomes a penalty taker and, and he missed it. Ajax made a great start in Group H, winning 3-0 at home against Lille. In Group F, Barcelona had to settle for a goalless draw at Borussia Dortmund. Details from the BBC's John Bennett. Dortmund will be kicking themselves. Great performance on the night, but um, they couldn't beat Barcelona's defence, and in particular the goalkeeper, Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, who pushed himself as a candidate to be the best goalkeeper in the world. He's in fantastic form. The key moment, he saved a Marco Royce penalty in the second half. Jaden Sancho had won it, and he missed a couple of other good chances. Brandt hit the bar as well. Lionel Messi started on the bench, made his comeback, his first appearance of the season after a calf injury, came on after 60 minutes, had a chance right at the end, a late chance. It was blocked. It would have been unfair, really, if Barcelona had scored at the end. Relief for them in the end, because Borussia Dortmund put in a great performance. In the end, it finished 0-0. Elsewhere, Nicolo Borella scored in injury time to salvage a one-all draw for Inter Milan at home against Slavia Prague. In Group G, RB Leipzig topped the group with a 2-1 win at Benfica, while Lyon and Zenit St. Petersburg played to a one-all draw. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news, finance and sport from RTHK. The government is holding a public consultation on end-of-life care. Under the proposals, patients may decide if they will make advanced directives on their own treatment and care arrangements, including on the refusal of life-sustaining treatment under preset conditions 
and on where they may spend their final days, such as at home or in an elderly home. Please send your views via the Food and Health Bureau website by December 16th. A sunny morning. The smell of freshly baked pineapple buns. The ding-ding of a tram as we head to work. Neighbors laughing. The beguiling beauty of our harbor and skyline. This wonderful city has been built with the love and sweat of everyone. Treasure Hong Kong, our home. Welcome to the 123 Show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Cruz McCallaghan with you today all the way till 3 o'clock. Thank you very much for joining us on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday already. Gosh, the week is flying by for me. Hope it is for you too. I'm just going to catch my breath because we have got a wall-to-wall packed show for you this afternoon. We've got a full house of fantastic guests.